0: You're listening to yet another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, uh, a pre recorded show where we talk about true classic movies, usually ones, uh, at least usually recently, ones that are over 10 years old. Today's movie is 13 years old, and this is one of the greatest performances of all time by Adam Sandler, or so we've been told. This is Rain Over Me. It's a movie about 9 11. We wanted to keep things pretty light, so. You know, I should probably re-record this intro at that point, at this point, but I'm not going to. I'm going to leave that in, and uh, I'm going to stop talking because I'm clearly making things bad for myself. So here is the song "Love Rain or Me" by The Who. Uh, but just like the exciting part that they play in the movie all the time, they don't actually. I don't know if they play the whole thing in the movie all the time. Uh, I, I watched it twice, but apparently I wasn't paying attention. Anyway, get excited for us to talk about. This movie that I uh, apparently wasn't paying attention to by my own admission. Here's The Who. Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that are true classics. Uh, today, we're talking about what is often considered to be one of the best Adam Sandler movies to ever come out, which, you know, that's a bar. I don't know if it's super high, but it's a bar. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Rain Over Me. We wanted to keep it light since, like, the last couple of weeks we've talked about. We talked about the Vietnam War two, year, two weeks in a row. Before that, we t- we talked about, like, I think this episode, this ep- it's, it's possible that uh, our Mulholland Drive episode came out after our Vietnam episodes, but, like, that was the weirdest movie I've maybe ever seen, but none of these have been, like, really light viewing, so we thought we would just watch an Adam Sandler movie and see what happens. So we got Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle in Rain Over Me. And uh, Pierre,
1: what's this movie about? Hmm. Uh, this movie is about a dentist uh, played by Don Cheadle. who is a family man, but from what uh, the movie seems to portray is unsatisfied with his life. Uh, not for any real reason. He just seems kind of bored. And then uh, he, he notices his college, former college roommate played by Adam Sandler uh, scootering through town and he tracks him down and uh, they go out for coffee. And uh, um, well, it turns out, I- I'm not sure how it worked out, but like, I, I think it was Adam Sandler's characters. Uh, his family died a few years ago in his a plane family crowd. died
0: in nine 11.
1: Oh, it was nine 11. Yeah. 9
0: 11. This is a nine 11 movie. We decided that. to go light. So we picked a nine so 11 <laughs> movie.
1: <laughs> Damn. Okay. Um, and then yeah, and then he uh, he seems to have uh, now have some mental problems or with dealing with the uh, tragedy. So uh, he, he's just a very different person now. Uh, kind of as Jeff mentioned to me before, a, a little a little Rain Man esque, um, uh, uh, like kind kind of slow but like or smart I, smart in some ways and slow in others, um, but very emotional. And uh, kind of a wild card, I guess. And it, it's kind of Don Cheadle's job in this movie to... Or his his journey is, I guess, fixing Adam Sandler's life and making... Kind of bringing him back into society.
0: Yeah, Adam Sandler's character is sort of dissociated from everything. Like, he he's not processing the death of his family because he's just decided to live in, a, in his own world, essentially. And so... This movie is, you know, Don Cheadle's journey is helping him, like you said, but also kind of like, I guess, coming to terms with his own life because in a way, Don Cheadle hadn't dissociated from his family, but he's starting to get a little distant from his family. And so his interacting with, his trying to get Adam Sandler to deal with his problems inadvertently makes him also deal with his problems.
1: Yeah, even though like, (laughs) I think a, a, a very big issue with this movie Oh, okay. I'm just going to kind of say this movie. I guess it wasn't bad. It was just very meh. Um, Not a, not a very interesting movie because I didn't feel like there was enough motivation and arc for the characters. Um, Adam Sandler's like, obviously like he had a a decent arc, but I wouldn't say uh, Don Cheadle's character really had any, like any big problems. Like usually in a movie, the main character, you meet them and you're like, oh, this this guy obviously has this problem with his life, um, and this movie's gonna be about him maybe fixing it or overcoming it. Uh, just Don Cheadle isn't really given like a self much of a self uh, self problem. It's more Don.
0: Yeah, Don Cheadle's character, his problem, like at the outset, is that he is given the opportunity to easily have an affair with a different with a patient uh, who is not his wife, obviously. And he hides that from his wife, and when he does talk to her about it, she doesn't believe that he's not being dishonest with her somehow, at least. Like, I don't think she necessarily thinks he's cheating, but she's doesn't believe him, essentially. That's his big problem, and, like, at the start. And that's not much of a problem, and it's presented very weirdly.
1: It really is, and I, I just, I had very, like, I thought it was kind of going to go the cliche route of oh Adam Sandler kind of makes Don Cheadle think more fun like uh, be become more fun and like a kid again um, which sort of happened in like the first 10-15 minutes of them meeting each other but I think it's a plot line that's ditched pretty quickly um, it, it seemed like they just wanted to give a reason for Don Cheadle to, to even bother hanging out with Adam Sandler so uh, yeah I was just like not much conflict his 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 job was essentially yeah it it became uh fix adam sandler's character and it i'm not gonna lie like it felt kind of cliche i I can't tell you a movie exactly where i've I've seen the same like character arc but like i'm sure there have been many done it's
0: a little weird too because his, char- his, his character motivation became I'm going to fix Adam Sandler and other characters in the movie are telling him do you, are, you, are you sure that's a good idea and it seems like the movie is trying to make us ask whether or not that should be his motivation but like, like if he should be trying to fix Adam Sandler not necessarily if Adam Sandler is a lost cause but more like is Don Cheadle trying to do something that he's not the right person to do And then the movie just kind of forgets that because the point becomes fixing Adam Sandler. And then at the end, Adam Sandler just kind of lives his life, which is it's, it's really strange. I'm not sure what this movie is trying to say really.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's the thing is I, I just, when I was watching it, I think you can usually tell when a creator loves his movie. Like we've, I think we've seen quite a few movies recently where the, even if the final product isn't amazing, like, you can really feel the director is trying to establish a vision and tell a story that is uh, important to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that they had to get out. Whereas this movie just feels very unmotivated. It's it's like they kind of took the Oscar Beatty parts of more established movies and like uh, reduced it and, and then kept those parts and then took out all like the character moments and, you kind of get this movie because there's there's just lots of things that aren't. I just you you feel very little tension with the characters,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and this isn't this isn't actually like solely a script problem. I also think it's an actor problem. uh Don Cheadle uh, is not. I wouldn't say a person that can carry a movie like this.
0: And also, um, Don Cheadle seems kind of into it, but like not that much
1: yeah i i am not i very felt very much felt uh the presence of his warm machine act in this isn't mm-hmm. like a normal guy I guess that makes him quip sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh yeah, like not not much dynamic range from him uh and Adam Sandler tries to portray like someone that's severely like mentally ill or not severely, but just like he's, he's having, trying to deal with his issues.
0: I'm going to be honest. Like Adam Sandler does fine. I don't think Adam Sandler's given the best material and I don't think he loves this character either. Really? Like, it's not that he's phoning it in. He is trying and he's doing okay. But like, I don't think he cares. It doesn't seem like he cares very much and his character is not as interesting as this movie wants us to think he is like it would yeah. take a much it would take a much better actor than adam sandler to make that character interesting
1: yeah i agree i just there was very like like honestly i was kind of getting annoyed with the character in a lot of ways just because like a lot of the conflicts in this movie is just misunderstandings with adam sandler yeah um, that's like the main conflict for the first i think two-thirds of the movie mm-hmm. uh as in like he can't act normally uh in society and then like him and Don Cheadle have a little fight, but then Don Cheadle forgives him because not even like for any real reasons. It's just like Don Cheadle's like, ah, he's going through a tough like there was no personal motivation. It almost felt like Don Cheadle at a certain point was just like, I'm only doing this because it's the right thing to do and not because like they're really good friends, which the movie was trying to portray. Yeah. Because uh yeah, it was just it was just kind of frustrating to see uh that over and over again and not really much being added and then and then i'd also say like the third when we get into the third act you're given a completely kind of different conflict and it's even worse and more boring because none of the i wouldn't say any of the plot lines from the first two thirds of the movie really are really connected to the third the third leg of the story in any way that i can think of
0: so i watched this movie twice and i think that from the first half of the story there or from the first two acts there is sort of this subtle thing in the background that's building up to this because you hear bits and pieces about Adam Sandler's character's past and the third act deals with that past the thing is that the way it decides to deal with that past doesn't actually follow from anything in the in the rest of the movie is the is, so like um, the third act has Adam Sandler's character in a courtroom. Basically, a- after he's had a run-in with the police, um, basically the court is deciding whether or not he should go to a mental hospital for be basically be interned into a hospital for the foreseeable future. And like what this is, what what this is addressing is this is this is where we actually this is where Adam Sandler has to actually deal with his trauma and the death of his family and such. But like up at the only thing that leads there that ties this to the rest of the movie is the fact that we know that his family is dead and that he has to eventually deal with it. There's nothing up until this point that's leading him to going to a court trial. There's really nothing that's leading to this confrontation. There's very little that's leading to the confrontation with his uh, parents in law. Um, You know, basically the third, the third act, like you said, well, you didn't exactly say this, but it does kind of feel like it's disconnected from the rest.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really have much reason to care. I, there, there was some very odd additions to the cast in the last. Like there was Donald Sutherland, uh, yeah, it, who who was um, the judge, and he was like a very odd presence to see, like in like a. It almost felt like a cameo role, honestly. Well, and the same and thing with. uh the who is the lawyer he's from the office i can't remember his name it's like BJ, ryan from the office
0: bj novak
1: yeah yeah
0: but both of them were billed very high which is why i was most surprised which is what i was the reason i was most surprised to see them in the end cuz they had like pretty high billing and they're essentially cameos
1: yeah it was very odd i guess they might have brought them in to uh add more interest in the final act, maybe because like again, like the main players like Don Cheadle doesn't and uh Liv Tyler, who is the other I think she's the third, the third uh largest build role. yeah Um she doesn't really have anything to do with it like she she doesn't really have much to do with the movie at all, actually now that I think about it. Uh just to clarify, she's like a therapist that Don Cheadle's character asks advice from sometimes but doesn't actually like attend yeah. and then he uses that connection to get adam sandler's character treatment however the problem is is that adam sandler's character isn't really doesn't really use her for therapy in any way she kind of only convinces adam sandler to talk about his issues to don cheadle mm-hmm. so uh her like she had she had a decent decently sized role in the story but like she really didn't have much of an effect at all like I think she actually
0: with... did pretty well too like I would say that of all the actors in this hers was probably my favorite performance even though she was very her role ended up being very minor
1: yeah I I thought she added a nice uh levity I think it's just the way Liv Tyler is she seems like a very I think it's her eyes she just seems like a very compassionate person which is like I think the role really demanded for her, Yeah. even though, also, like, yeah, she didn't have much to do.
0: I also haven't seen her since The Incredible Hulk, so I am I was very happy to see her in anything again, I guess.
1: Yeah, that that's the only other role I could think of. Well, that and Lord of the Rings, but in, in every role, she's kind of, like, this very nice, affectionate character, so mm-hmm. I, it kind of makes sense that she was cast that way. And then you also have uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, right? Uh who who plays Don Cheadle's wife?
0: Was that who that was? I yeah. don't know why I didn't recognize
1: her right away. She was also billed very highly, and she has some decently like interesting scenes at the start, maybe the first 15 minutes. She, she was did, like decent with her role. Yeah, she was horribly
0: um, underutilized. Cause yeah. like she was she was good and she was in a cumulative, I'm gonna say 20 minutes of this movie
1: if even honest like that's i'm I'm
0: guessing high
1: was like important for 20 minutes but then like uh she like because the don Cheadle's arc is supposed to be um them reconciling or like him kind of admitting that he loves her i I, like i don't even know and then but then they completely because she's kind of getting jealous of him spending so much time with adam sandler's character but then they completely drop that storyline, like 20 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. and then it's kind of picked and then it's like given a slight nod at the very, very end. And it was just like kind of out of nowhere because you're just like, was this even a problem anymore? like where we was this a subplot still? Uh, even though it felt like a huge leap for Don Cheadle's character, it really like didn't mean much. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know who who's the director for this movie. Do you know?
0: I'm gonna look that up. Um, yeah, let me find I wonder.
1: Out. I wonder if this this feels like like he was just hired by the studio to to develop a script and and in return for like he would get to make a movie he really liked. Oh uh, no,
0: no! I think the director was passionate about this movie. This was made by oh. Mike Binder, and he wrote this movie as well. Oh. And um, that's gonna lead me into what I was gonna say next, which is this movie seems I think this would be really good for like a first or second year screenwriting course like I, I think it's I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this movie is decent but it's like that's about all it is because like even in the writing I was noticing there's threads that are no well, I mean you already brought this up there's major threads that are brought up and dropped but there's also details that are there that If they mean anything, the movie doesn't care to make that meaning important, I guess. Um, And then there's like, and mostly this movie just meanders, like the plot is sort of haphazard. There's just a lot in this movie that's, that feels amateurish, I want to say. And I mean, you know, I'm saying that as a person who's never made a movie. So take that as you will. But like, this movie, I just felt like that's, that's just the feeling i got from this like the thing that bothered me maybe the most the more i think about it actually is this movie really wants you to know that adam sandler plays shadow of the colossus and that's fine (laughs) if it meant anything but the thing is like and i think it i can see reasons why it might like shadow of the colossus you know it's you're you're fighting very large things Uh, maybe that somehow ties into 9-11. Maybe he feels like he's a very small person in the shadow of a Colossus or something. I don't know. There's a lot of different meanings that could have, but the movie doesn't care to even hint at any of those. It's just like, just so you know, dude plays PS2. And so like, as far as I'm concerned, there's really no reason he couldn't have just been playing Crash Bandicoot 2. Like, it doesn't matter what game he's playing if the game if you're gonna make a big deal out of it and then not say why or not even hint at why, right? Because like the symbolism of the fact that there's Shadow of the Colossus as the game he's playing is non-existent in this movie.
1: Yeah, I I was very confused too. I thought it was an ad for a sec, but then like they don't really do any like it was but like I didn't see any logo, right? And then I think they only mentioned the actual name of the game at the very end of the movie.
0: No, they it mentioned was it like... a few times.
1: Oh, did they? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. never mind. Um, so maybe maybe it was an ad, but still, like that's just lazy. Just in terms of like it, I think like an ad in a movie like this that's seemingly trying to be like a a drama does is very ill fitting, um, and also it, it really had zero. Like like the, that's the thing is like they they kind of bond over music at first and they bond over video games and these things never really come back again.
0: You know, another thing that bothered movie, me now that you mentioned the bonding over music, they bonded over music and specifically Don, Cheadle point, Don Cheadle's character points out that Adam Sandler has terrible taste in music. And so like um, we're seeing all of these vinyl records that Adam Sandler collects and Don Cheadle gets to say, like, what his favorite bands are. You know what we never hear in this movie? Any of Don Cheadle's character's favorite bands.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We only hear the songs that are on albums that Adam Sandler is collecting.
1: Yeah. yeah we which could've... I thought
0: was just a really weird choice. If that's, again, if that's going to be important, like, make that mean something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's kind of like there was just a lot of filler that like the director doesn't even know it's like it's like they were and it's a two-hour movie too like it this is yeah. a this is a it's not like they were trying to get it to like an hour and a half this was like two hours and the director did not see why he would have to cut any of these things they, um,
0: they went to a mel brooks movie mar- movie marathon
1: why yeah what? <laughs> where is this coming from Like the only
0: payoff of that is that it meant that Don Cheadle was not accessing his phone for several hours, and that had repercussions. So why was it a Mel Brooks movie marathon? Why didn't they go see all the Diehards? Why didn't they go see I don't know, Jaws, which is also like seven hours long?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, stuff just kind of happens. Yeah. So like, real reason.
0: This movie I thought was. I thought this is basically the bare minimum you can write for a movie that is, in fact, okay. Because, like, there's nothing about this movie that makes me think it's really bad. There's nothing about this movie that makes me think it's even kind of good. But, like, there's nothing remarkable about this movie at all. So, like, but even with movies that aren't that remarkable, like, I described this movie as the kind of thing you would see on, like, TBS or something. Any of the cable shows at maybe 1 p.m. on a school day. Kids aren't home yet. So kids aren't home yet. People aren't home yet. From, parents aren't home yet from work. No one's actually watching. So they throw on some movie like Rain Over Me, right? And like, that's that's what this movie felt like. And, but the thing is, even in, even with movies like that, I've still seen ones that are better put together.
1: Yeah. Oh, Would you say it's because the, like, it was just like better plot or like, like what's the reason?
0: Well, the main like reason I said, do you feel? there's nothing about this movie that I think that that strikes me as overtly bad. Like the plot is pa- like everything in this movie is passable. Okay. I think the part, the, the, the part that bothers me is there's so much as you called it filler in this movie that means nothing. Like one of my favorite movies is uh clerks, Kevin Smith's clerks. And there's very little filler in that movie. He has like random conversations about there's one random conversation about like contractors working on the Death Star and that comes back. And like you don't have to make everything in your movie come back. You should. That's good writing. But also like to have so many loose threads that don't mean anything is just I mean it's, it's sad more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and it's it's just very odd that someone like this was given like a twenty million dollar budget uh to me i guess if he got adam sandler
0: yeah who funded this movie was it adam sandler
1: uh it was not no it wasn't produced by adam sandler but okay but he made quite a bit of money from it because i can't really see why it was that high of a budget i guess there's a couple like they filmed outdoors a lot in the city that that can be pretty expensive um and the, the cast is pretty stacked so
0: okay here's the thing so here's I just read a quote that made me upset. Uh, I'm not going to say very much about it because I've basically already spoke my piece on it. Uh, Kotaku apparently said that the inclusion of the game Shadow of the Colossus, uh, of the inclusion of the game Shadow of the Colossus, it must be one of the first Hollywood films, if not the first, to deal with games thematically and intelligently. I thought it did neither of those things. It dealt with it neither thematically nor intelligently. Granted... Most movies don't. This movie wasn't better.
1: Yeah, I guess the only positive I would say, like especially at this time, uh, at this time period, it might might have like there might have been a lot of anti-game sentiment in movies. I mean, uh, whereas Don in Cheadle... this movie, it was kind of portrayed as a cool thing to do or a fun thing to do.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, and that I mean... Don
1: Cheadle's like attractive, like uh, ladies' man character, and J- it gets addicted to Shadows of the Colossus. <laughs>
0: Yeah, except that he speaks like a 50-year-old man who can't even remember that the name of the game is Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. And also, Adam Sandler's clearly never playing it because, like, it's so weird to me. They actually start up the game at one point, and they don't start up the game. But Shadow of the Colossus, I'm pretty sure, does not have a instant save system or anything. Like, you can't just save in the middle of a fight. He's playing for two seconds, and he's halfway through a boss fight. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's, really that's
1: nitpicking. I, I Adam, wonder if they green screen that, or they were, or they like actually had like a video or something.
0: It's probably about... a video of clips because I doubt that they trusted Adam Sandler yeah. and John and Don Cheadle it's to so actually weird. play it.
1: Um. But yeah. But anyway, that's me nitpicking. Very... Like that doesn't I'll... necessarily mean much. One one more nitpick for me is this: uh, the like the extremely emotional scene between uh, Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle, where like Adam Sandler's character finally like. Breaks out of his shell and starts talking about his family. It's done in like the therapist weight room, and it's an ex like it's a it's actually like a pretty decent scene like on paper. Uh, but like this, they they do it in a shot reverse shot segment where both characters are just sitting beside each other, and you have this like very big emotional outpour from Adam Sandler, and it just feels kind of lame and uncinematic because it's you know he's literally just like sitting they're literally just sitting beside each other and there's very little interesting like uh i guess dynamics in terms of the 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 set or the production design and also the i don't know what what is it called i think it's the staging when when the actors are just like at a bad angle and cinematography yeah um, which which i think is just like it the movie as well it's a very it's like it just felt like like let's get this job done we don't really need to do more than we have to uh movie um and I can't really find any excuses for that just because like the budget was pretty high and again had some great actors uh I just yeah I'm not entirely sure why this director got this so yeah but you know I, I could see I, mean... I guess overall like I could see why someone would like this in that like if you're if you want to watch like a dramatic movie um but you don't really want to like feel too many emotions like this is like a good middle point you know
0: yeah it's a it's a great movie to throw on in the background well it's i wouldn't even say it's great it's a very background movie by which i mean i got distracted a lot and had a hard time paying attention because it wasn't interesting uh and you know like the problem is with a background movie you want with with a good background movie you'd want at least something where every now and then you can tune in and be like oh hey something cool's happening and that's not really this movie i don't know i i feel like i like this movie less and less the more i talk about it what would you what would you say about this movie like what do you think in summary what would you what would you give this movie
1: Hmm, i'd say overall it's like mm like a 2 maybe 2.5 uh Just, it did all right, but like that's not really what I look for in a movie. It was very, extremely inoffensive, uh, uncharismatic, lacking of personality, felt lazy. Um, And I literally, like, just, I think the biggest thing is just like, it felt like everyone didn't believe in this story. And also, like, I didn't feel like this movie had anything to say or had any reason to exist. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of there, and, um, you know, I, I I guess that's good enough, like, in terms of making a film, but it's like, like this isn't art, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would say the same. I was also going to give it, like, a two or a, maybe a three. Maybe, but probably closer to a two. I'm going to say, like, a, a two out of ten on this. I, I, the good thing about this, the only real positive I can find about this movie, like for me like i said there's nothing really overtly bad so you can find lots of quote-unquote positives in this movie but like the only positive thing for me is this kind of reminded me of a simpler time where i would sit in front of the tv in my parents room and just like watch a movie that i will never ever remember so like there's that i what? i enjoyed feeling like that again
1: but like <laughs> that's about it interesting yeah, i gave you that nostalgia <laughs> yeah. i know I what you mean though that's funny that you say that it's like I still remember watching uh, G.I. Joe on the TV when I was really sick. And it was just like the perfect movie where I didn't really have to pay attention at all mm-hmm. um, because I didn't care. But then also it's just nice to have something on the TV, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting uh, feeling. So, I
0: mean, you know, that's rain over me. <laughs> I got to say, this is a movie that people hold up as one of Adam Sandler's best performances. And like if this is one of his best performances, he's got to do better. I believe in this guy as an... I actually believe in Adam Sandler as an actor, because, like, I mean, among other things, I've seen Uncut Gems, which I thought was phenomenal. But, um, you know, in this movie, this, I guess, shows that he can be a dramatic actor, but, like, it doesn't show he can be a good dramatic actor. He's doing fine, but he's not doing, like... This is not, by any means... um, a role on par with like most dramatic actors that i actually think of like this is he's no daniel day lewis for sure and like this isn't even on par with like nicholas cage's really good performances and you know nicholas cage has a lot of mean performances but he's got a lot of like really good performances too and this is this doesn't convince me that adam sandler's anywhere close to even that level
1: it really doesn't yeah i i still i should i really want to watch uncut gems though now because after after hearing that he can do a dramatic performance well, I kind of want to see that because I did not get it at all in this and I'm kind of surprised that uh, this act this actor that I just watched can can like blow blow minds away with the dramatic performance.
0: Well I mean no promises uh, about uh, no promises about a time but we will cover uh, we will cover uncut gems on this podcast at some point It will happen.
1: Yay, finally. Uh, we watch it. Anyways, so a short episode. Short, short, uh, but I, I think we have said everything we have to say.
0: I, I think if we say any more, we're just going to be nitpicking things. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Yeah, we'll see you next week for um something.